uh, unthankful this morning. And if we really stop and think about it, there's lots to be thankful for. We have many things that we can easily just take as a routine of life and take for granted and, and uh, ways we're blessed that uh, is so commonplace that we forget that it's God's goodness and his love for us today. And I, I think about that periodically, you know, it's just a, um, we can we can ask for more and for more clarity and for more uh, closer walk with him and that's important. But to really realize that the very fact that I have had grace to come here is God's goodness to me. God's love and his goodness to me. And I'm glad to see you all. It's very good to see you all. And I thought about <clears throat> Hebrews um, chapter 1. <clears throat> I'm going to read some verses here um, about our Lord Jesus. <clears throat> now, if you have, if you don't have a King James, it'll read a little different than what mine does, but I, I have the King James. God who at sundry times, or you could say various times, uh, is more clear for us, and in divers manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets has in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, <clears throat> who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. So we have Jesus there at the right hand of the Father for us. He's there interceding for us. And then I will skip some verses and go down to verse 8. Maybe I'll just I should read verse 6 and 7. And again, when he bringeth in the firstborn, or first begotten, into the world, he said, And let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels he said, Who maketh his angels spirits, and his ministers a flame of fire. But unto the Son he said, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. So, uh, thou hast loved righteousness. This is why uh, happened what it did when he came to the baptism, he was baptized, and then uh, the Spirit came down as a dove on him, and uh, God 
spoke and said, This is my beloved son, whom I am well pleased. God loves righteousness so much. And Jesus came to show us the way, uh, show us the Father, and help us to understand the Father, and help us uh, to get a, a, a desire for righteousness. And he spoke about that in his first message on the mount. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And that's in Matthew 5. Righteousness. See, we as human beings, we love freedom. But freedom outside righteousness is not true freedom. Mm -hmm. So, um, people tend, we as people tend to put more weight on freedom than we do righteousness. But that's wrong. That's not what God is looking for. The freedom apart from righteousness is still a freedom that the world seeks after. Freedom to do my own thing. Freedom to do what I want. But a freedom to do God's will. That's what God wants to work in our hearts. A desire to do God's will to the point where we're willing to give up everything of ourselves, our own interests, and just present ourselves to God for His purpose and for His work. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm really, really uh, motivated by that thought that if we lack, if we come short, if, if something isn't going in the direction we long, we think it should go, maybe we're still hanging on too much to a freedom that isn't sent by God. A freedom to live after our own desires. And that was that was the problem with the children of Israel all through their history of time that they wanted to do their thing. And and at the same time claim God's blessing and God's approval of their life. And if you if you want to turn with me to Psalms 50, I want to read something there. Psalms 50, in verse 5, he makes a, David makes a statement here that should really help us to understand what God is looking for. Gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. Um, <clears throat> When you look at, you could say the world over, Christianity as a whole, it's difficult to see a gathering together. It's a splitting apart, a splitting apart. People keep separating from each other. Why? 
I think there's a lack of uh, making a covenant with God by sacrifice. So, in other words, give up my will. There's still something alive there that is not put to death. Uh, my will. Jesus came to show us that the way to the Father is to give up our will to do his will. That is the key to an abundant life. Jesus came to give us life and more abundantly. And it's just my will that always wants to stand in the way. And uh, it's what I've been born with, what we say our children. They don't have to get very old. They'll just see self-will in action there. And uh, God wants us to give that all up. Romans chapter 12 tells us about that. In verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world. A lot of times, I believe, what happens, people skip verse 1 and start in verse 2, be not conformed to this world. But what kind of nonconformity to the world do they have if they don't have verse 1? What kind of nonconformity? We see it all over the place. Be not conformed to this world. I grew up with that. And uh, there's many different churches who have a certain type of nonconformity to the world. But nonconformity to the world is my body presented to God to do His will. It's not anything less and not anything more than that. It's just that I give myself to God. I don't reserve anything for myself. If I do, I'm going to come short of what? Yeah, short of the glory of God. So if I uh, just present myself to God to do His will, I don't have to know the outcome of that because we know that God will make sure that the outcome of that will be that I become what he has wanted me to be all along. And uh, so, just, and, and there's also within that, there's uh, no, there's, there's not to be any, hurry up God, I want to know what it is, you know. It's, uh, I have to wait on God. I present my body to God, and I wait on God to perform his work in me because there's lots to be done. So then I reach the goal as I remain there, crucified with Christ, denying myself, taking up my cross, and following him. So that's just the thoughts I've been entertaining in the last while. It's that that's the key. That's what makes so that I'm if I follow that, that's what makes me so that I'm different than just a religious person who has a set of rules that I go by, to live by, and, uh, or, you know, we can, we can discuss all kinds of 
even all kinds of scripture verses. But if I if I don't start with that, I'm not really in tune with God. I'm not where God can work with me and help me to become transformed to be like Christ. I'm supposed to be like the master. It says a servant is not above his Lord. If I can gain a life like Jesus without going the way he went, then I'm behaving as though I'm above my Lord. But I have to I have to sacrifice all like he did so that the price is the same. And uh, and it says a servant shall be as his master. So if I follow in the footsteps Jesus walked, I'm going to come like him. I will be like him. God is not going to shortchange us. He's not going to cheat on us. He's going to give us what we deserve. And uh, what we have, if we have surrendered our life to him, and uh, don't worry about what your job is today. Just do it faithfully, and God will lead you further and further and further. As we are cleansed, we gain more of him. We gain more of that life that comes from Jesus. So, praise God, there's a way that is open for us. And that's the way, the way to be sacrificed. And uh, we will be able to not be conformed to the world, even if outwardly I don't look like I changed anything. But if, if I'm changed from within, I get to know all about the outward too, you know, how I should be. But it takes time. I can't start on the outward to be not conformed to the world. I have to start with him. God praise, be praised for that way. And those are the saints that he wants to gather together. The others will not be able to fit. If we haven't gone that way, it's not we're not going to fit. I was, I was reading this uh, last night, I've been reading through the biography of George Mueller. When he was a young Christian, he was trying to discern God's will. He was talking about how he had such an impatient spirit, and that there's a couple times that he wanted to answer the things, and he would cast lots, like using dice to, you know, to try to figure out God's will. And... He realized that he was using that as a substitute for patience, and he he followed through with whatever the lot said, and every, he did it like three different occasions, and all three times it, it failed, and he and he abandoned it and saw saw that it wasn't a substitute for patience, and, and you know he talked about how the carnal man is, has doesn't have patience, the flesh wants to be wants to know okay, God, you know what is it right away? They went into the direction right away. And uh, but God calls us to be patient. This morning we're going to look in the Gospel of Luke, chapter five.
chapter 5. Beginning in verse 4. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, well, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and, be, and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at his knee, on his knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who are with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, with their partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought the boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. And it happened when he was in a certain city that he, they behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus, and he fell on his face and pleaded with him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And he put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing. Be cleansed, and immediately the leprosy left him. In this passage, Jesus is preaching, and then he tells the, the disciples, who are fishermen, send your boats out into the deep water. We're going to throw a catch, you know? And <clears throat> there's uh, a version of the Gospel of Jesus that follows the book of Luke. It's just called Jesus. And it was actually what we actually had it on the other day. And at this point where it follows the story of Luke, uh, the person who plays Peter, when he Jesus says to him, you know, go out for a catch and everything, he just looks at Jesus and he, he sighs and he says, Master, you know, he sighs. We've been here fishing all night. We didn't catch anything. Well, but because you told us that we're going to do it. So he's kind of just saying it to appease Jesus because of his respect for Jesus and everything. So he goes he goes out and does it. And he doesn't believe this is not anything's going to happen. He just does it. That's why he says that to Jesus. You're telling us to go out. We've been out all night and catch anything. And then they catch this huge catch that both ships start to sink and he is confronted by the power of God and he is astonished and he gets down his knees and he and he doesn't say well that was great or wow or any of that stuff he looks at himself and he says depart from me Lord for I am a sinful man he sees when he's 
who Jesus is, and he sees his power, and he sees himself. And he sees that he's not worth his unworthiness. And he tells Jesus to get away from him. You see that later on. When Jesus comes on the shore, and there's a man is uh, filled with demons, and Jesus casts all the demons out of him, and he's in his right mind, and the people from the city tell him to go away. Get away from here. Fear. They were all astonished what Jesus said. And Jesus' answer is, don't be afraid. From now on you will catch men. He had a purpose for them. He called them. And they forsook all and followed him. They forsook their business. And they followed Jesus. And we too respond. When we hear the message of the gospel, we respond. We come to Jesus. Jesus wants us to come to him. doesn't matter what we've been doing. doesn't matter how sinful we've been. doesn't matter how young we are. No matter how old we are. It's an open invitation. Come to me. I'm going to make something change you and make you, as Dan was just talking about, according to the Father's will. I'm going to make you what I want you to be, not what you want to be. Not what the world wants you to be. Not what the devil wants you to be. God is going to make you what he wants you to be. Come to him. And embrace his lordship. They forsook all and followed him. God had a plan for the disciples. He says, you're going to stop catching fish. And you're going to catch men. You're done with this business. You're going to for the most part. You're going to follow me and you're going to preach the gospel. And then comes somebody comes to Jesus as leprosy. And he says, if you're willing, I can, I can be cleansed. And Jesus says, I am willing to be cleansed. There's the recognition that we must have that Jesus has the power not only to forgive us our sins, but to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. Everything that is inside of our heart that's not right. We read that last week when we were talking about how that we are defiled from within, from what's inside of us. It comes out of our mouth. It talks about how the tongue can't be tamed. It's full of deadly poison. It's set on fire from hell. I mean, everybody just shrugs, okay, well, how can God find fault with any of us then? If we're all like that, who can tame tongue? Nobody, okay. And he says, come to me, and I can change you. I can cleanse you. We can come to Jesus and say, Lord, if you're willing, you can cleanse me of all unrighteousness. You can forgive me of my sins because you died on the cross for me. And Jesus' answer is, I am willing. He said, no, anyone who comes to me, I in no way will cast out. 
no way I will cast him out. He wants us to come to him and be cleansed. And in chapter 6, we read in verse 43... John 6.43 A good tree does not bear bad fruit. Nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree is known by its fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth evil. For out of the abundance... Of the heart, his mouth speaks. And this was the theme of last week. But every tree is known by its fruit, Jesus said. A good man bears good fruit. Says, oh, I'm going to be good then. The religions of the world have that in them to be good. There's something good in their own interpretation of good. And people in Christendom, well, God wants us to be good. And they try to be a biblical version of good. But Jesus says that we bring it out of our hearts, whatever's inside of us. A good man out of the good treasure that is in his heart. In the Old Testament it says the heart is desperately wicked above all. The human heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Just naturally, we're deceitful and desperately wicked. So where is, how are we going to bring good treasure out of our hearts? We have to have a good treasure put there. We have to be born again. We have to be born of the Spirit. So it's not dependent upon... Self-righteousness. But of God putting His righteousness in us. A good man out of the good treasure in his heart brings forth good. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of his heart, his mouth speaks. It's according to what's in our heart. That's why we need a Savior. That's why we need to be saved, because naturally, we're evil. Well, some people that are not saved are pretty nice. Not talking about on the outside of them, talking about on the inside of them. And we can't see that. But the fruit of the Spirit is born by those who walk in the Spirit. You read from Galatians 5. And you cannot walk in the Spirit unless you have the Spirit of God. And so that's why he says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things which I say? In verse 46. We need to be changed. So that we can 
live the life of Jesus. That's a lot more demanding than being good according to the world's standard. Laying down your life, giving yourself love, putting others before yourself as a way of life. Not as a show, but as a way of life. When people aren't looking, we need to be changed. God is offering to each of us that, and many of us have embraced it. We must continue in that. Continue in the good treasure that God has put in our heart. If indeed he has Say, say that indeed we are born again and have received the Spirit of God. But if we don't see that, whether you're young or old or anywhere in between, this message is for all. I remember a man I worked with telling me when I was, we were talking about the gospel, he said he believed it. He said, I'm not ready to live. He goes, that's for when people are old. He says, I'm young. He says, I want to have fun. I'm going to go out. He left that jo our job a couple of the, that year, and then I seen him 20 years later. And I saw it. He came back because he wanted, he wanted to work there again. He wanted to talk to the boss, and he asked me some things about the job. And I started asking him about how he was doing. And 20 years later, he was still living the same way. He was in his 40s now, and he was still living with a girl, woman. He was still living the same life. He's getting older. The clock's ticking. When you harden your heart like that, there's no telling that you're going to come back. Today is the day to embrace God's calling. Today is the day. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you who he is like. He is like a man building a house that dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood rose, the stream beat vehemently, that means fiercely, against the house, and could not shake it, and it was founded on the rock. But he who heard it did nothing. It was like a man who built a house on the earth on the, without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Many people are building their house on a false foundation. And unfortunately, many in Christendom are too. Many young folks don't see, don't have the vision about this, the truth of this, in our times. Many who have been professing Christ for a long time don't see this. That you must build your house by hearing the words of Jesus and following them and not rejecting them. That even means loving your enemies and those who do evil to you. That means turning the other cheek when the boss is nasty to you. Or your wife doesn't respect you, or your husband is harsh with you, or your children aren't obeying you. And on and on and on. The life of Jesus. Listen to him and follow him. It's the leading of the Holy Spirit. 
We find the leading of the Holy Spirit in the Word of God. And we can read it over and over again. And it's just a book. And just words. And we can be deaf to it. And we can fall asleep in the middle of a chapter. Because we've heard it all before. And we're dull of hearing. But the Spirit of God is speaking to us. We're not hearing. We have to hear the words of Jesus. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings. You have to hear what he's saying. Not be dull of hearing. For hard is hard, it will be dull of hearing. You must come to him. And then we can hear. You must come to him in humility. And then we can hear. Draw near to God and God will draw near to you. And from First Peter, chapter, Second Peter, sorry, Second Peter, chapter one. Second Peter, chapter one and verse two. Grace. And peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue. By which we have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. That through these great and precious promises, you may be partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through us. This is where it all comes to light and makes sense. Is that we have become... Through the promises of God, partakers of the nature of God. He gives us His nature. He gives us His Spirit. And that's how we can follow Jesus. Be led by the Spirit and bear the fruit of the Spirit. When we look inside of ourselves and say, I'm not adequate. We're looking in the wrong place. Not look at ourselves and our own natural abilities, but understand that the same Spirit lives in us that raised Jesus from the dead. The Spirit of God, the supernatural Spirit, that caused all those fish to go into that net, that made Peter fall to his knees in astonishment, that cleansed the leper, that caused Christians to love each other, the way we see it in the book of Acts. Same spirit. So that we can still love one another fervently with a pure heart. We can forgive people even though they don't deserve it, because we recognize 
We didn't deserve to be forgiven either. We understand and embrace God's mercy. And by being partakers of His nature, we know how we, we can also forgive others who have hurt us and have wronged us. God's nature causes us to live like God. But we can resist that nature as we have seen and watched ourselves do. Or we can lay down our lives and embrace that nature. Pick up the cross and follow Him. That's what I have to share today. His divine power has given this to us. The power of God has given to us everything we need to live the Christian, to live the life of Christ upon us.